guys and girls, and welcome to episode 182 of the F Reality Podcast. We've got some spicy VR news to share with you this week. We discussed two brand new products from HTC, the 3.0 trackers and the Vive facial tracker. I talk about Shadow declaring bankruptcy and what this means for the streaming service going forward. The Oculus Quest 120 Hertz mode is delayed and Oculus are hosting a developer talk at GDC next week. And Nathie and I give you our hands-on impressions of the new standalone VR headset called the Exospace Monova. To round up the show, Zim has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week. Also, let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this guy's back and back with a vengeance. Last week, he was shopping for Lambos and mansions. After his autobiography, The Adventures of Jim Barnaby went straight to the top of the book charts. It's VR streamer. This is Zim Top Five. You How love, you doing? You love that book thing, don't you? You're gonna be you're gonna be pumping that for the next six months, aren't you, Mike? I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep using it. <laughs> oh man, it's been good. You're right. I've been doing lots of like social VR and stuff. And uh, last week we had to basically the, my 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 big news is I'm um I've I've accepted a job in Canada, and so I will be moving into mm. Rowdy's closet very shortly. Along with congratulations for others, I'm much Thank looking you. forward to that. <laughs> These guys have known for about a week or so, but I said I'd let you all know about that. It's going to be probably September by the time I'm in Canada, actually. So I keep you posted with all of that. Um, this week, my VR highlight would be um, actually a little bit of kind of like old tech. I always like like taking things you already have and then you know surprising yourself with like something new. Someone in my Discord had suggested that I try. He was like. Well, you know, you, you can't Bluetooth properly right now with Bluetooth headphones to the Quest directly, but like, why don't you just pair it with virtual desktop and your PC? And I actually have a little creative Bluetooth dongle um, that works like a virtual sound card, and it's low latency, and it goes well with my low latency headphones. So what I did was, um, part of what we were doing was clearing out old boxes and stuff like that in the room behind me making a beautiful like corridor for VR. Two players can, can play in there nicely now. And um, and so I just went in there with my headphones and I went ripping into some old games uh, with no latency in the audio, you know, absolutely perfect feeling. Uh, one room over on five gigahertz on virtual desktop. So I went back into Half-Life Alex for a bit, did some Medal of Honor, even went into, onto the multiplayer. Um, it wasn't completely abandoned. I played against at least one other lad. Wow. <laughs> it is pretty abandoned, and it was actually a bit sad to see because, again, being in there again and enjoying the detail and the scenes and the level design, uh, just it's like a spear through the heart that um, all that hard work, you know, kind of got flushed a bit. So, But other than that, it was really good, just being, like, totally wireless with PC VR in a space. It's bigger than my office space here where I usually record and stream and stuff. Um, so that was my fun bit for the week. Yeah, that was it. Nice. Virtual nice. desktop for the win. Always. Always. So, Always. next up, this lad has got some smooth moves in VR and loves to bust out a bit of Gangnam style on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's our favorite Friesian. It's, of course, Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm doing great. And do I, again, need to explain why... You're saying this? You don't have to. You don't have Sometimes to. Sometimes I feel like what Mike later. is doing, I have to explain myself because otherwise people get certain <laughs> ideas. But uh, sure. no, we, we, you know, for, for this time, we just keep it, uh, you know, a little bit like we, we keep it as a cliff. A mystery. Yeah. And then yeah. later okay. you'll, you'll find out why Mike said this. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Sounds yeah, cool. Okay. Great. Yeah. So, cool. um, yeah. So, so first of all, um, one of my subscribers sent me 
a baby Yoda. Wow. Yeah. A Grogu. Yeah, here oh, it that's is. awesome. Hey. Here it is. So, so this is why you want to watch the video version because then you can see how cute this baby Yoda is. And uh, he's, my, he's my new really friend now. Real. He's very yeah. well dressed. He is real. He is real. Yeah. This is the one and only one. And he makes sounds too. Here. Go on. That doesn't sound like yeah, a baby. That sounds, I don't uh, think that's, that's a like baby Yoda. Feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot. Yeah, it's a podcast too, right? So, ooh. yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just a baby Yoda is hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have very nice fans, though, sending you gifts yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So, so he sent me also some chocolate because he's from uh, Der Schweiss. So um, it's very nice. Um, and he's one of my longest subscribed, uh, you know, fans out there for over four years. And he mm. just wanted to send something to just say, hey, thank you for all the stuff you do. So it's great. I, I didn't I go. didn't expect him to give this to me. I mean, I wanted a baby Yoda for a long time. So this is great. Yeah. And that's your highlight of the week. So you got a little mention there as well. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And um, next to that, I also played some VR stuff. I played uh, this this new demo from Oculus, you know, this uh, Tiny tiny Castles. Is that the name? Tiny Castles. Tiny Castles, yeah. yeah. Um, that is on App Lab. Uh, it's a hand tracking uh, demo. I thought it was was a fun experience, but it wasn't that mind blowing to me. I thought it was cool, but I've seen better stuff from the indie devs. So mm-hmm. still try it out because it's free. But um, yeah, I didn't think I th- it was that special. I thought the hands looked really great, though. Yeah, the you hands know, like looked the, great. True. And and the interaction with the lever that you you yeah. you sort of um, crank. Yeah. T- crank good thank you very yeah. much then crank, crank. <laughs> the lever that you crank that was really cool uh, yeah. but yeah the, the gameplay was a little bit lackluster but you know hopefully they make a game out of this um it's yeah, they somewhere, hopefully like a, yeah. a strategy top-down strategy game I, I think it's a while ago we have seen some brass tactics or something else pop up uh maybe that could work with hand tracking oh my god that i, I gotta that say that re- i mean it sounds cool in concept but being an rts fan it sounds like the micro would be so frustrating um the I mean, micro movements just the, no just like anytime you try to move a unit or pick something up and it just mm. doesn't work perfectly it's that mm. it's it's just like when you had like thumbprint unlock you know just coming into phones and it wouldn't work perfectly something with like the yeah. face unlock like it needs to be in that like 98 plus percent for it to work thinking about it as well like you don't you don't have that kind of tactile feedback like we do from a button push you know yeah. or a trigger pull or a, a grip you know from the controller yeah, I do. I do think. Yeah, initially I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. But then you think about it and you're like, oh, actually, maybe you need to it sounds cool on paper. It really does. Yeah, and maybe right. one day we'll have technology that'll make that really awesome. Because, you know, when I remember when Zuckerberg mentioned it on stage, you know, when Quest was coming out, they talked about the hand tracking and it's like we want to get rid of the controllers one day. Right. But how do you solve yeah. that lack of tactile thing? You probably just plug something into your brain, to be honest. Well, I think for social, it, it works really well. Yeah, yeah, but maybe not gaming per se, yeah, no. unless it's super casual. Exactly, super casual, super casual, super casual. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, super that was nice. Casual. Yeah, you got some nice fans there, Nathy. Baby Grogu. I know. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so next up, he's our resident bookworm and big brain of the group. He loves to teach us a thing or two about VR tech. It's the one and only Rowdy VR. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. And uh, since we're talking about fans, I, I want to take a, a little bit of a moment to, uh, to thank our fans as well, because uh, 
last week I, I talked about uh, the Stormlight Archive and quite a few people actually reached out to me since they really appreciate that, appreciated that suggestion. Uh, and they are actually like informing me on like a, a new, uh, well, uh, kind of like some more information on the entire series as well, since there was, uh, it's all part of like the bigger uh, universe, which is called the Cosmere. So giant nerd that I am, I managed to get some more books and uh, I'm fully invested into that. Uh, thanks to the people watching it uh, or listening to our podcast. Yeah. I feel Which like we need like a regular rowdy book corner segment. <laughs> 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 that'd be that'd be very cool to do that. Yeah. Uh, but um, my highlight of the week is uh, is actually something that I wish was in VR. Uh, we mm -hmm. have that quite often. Uh, these kind of sections, I think. But uh, I recently finished uh, a bit of an older game. I think it was released in 2017, uh, and uh, the game was called What Remains of Edith Finch. Has, has um, any of you played that game? Oh, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Heard of it very yeah. familiar, it's, yeah. It's, it's a rather, I would say it's a short game. I think you can finish it in probably two hours, maybe maybe even under that. Um, but it's one of the games that I've that I've come to like a lot, uh, especially playing more VR. It's a very atmospheric uh, kind of style, very uh, slow-paced, but very uh, well-done storytelling. Uh, and mm. it, it really hits the nail you know they had a uh, the nail on that one just because it's it's so well done you feel so uh, at ease playing that game or so at home there's not a lot of stuff that is uh, there's no action it's not really adventure it's it's really a story driven experience uh, it's like and, fantasy or space or what is it so so the story goes that um, a young girl um, visits, visits her uh, youth home uh, back uh, she, she goes back because she she wants to learn more about the story of her family. She's the only one who remains of her family, and she goes out to find out the story of every single family member. Uh, you know, what happened to them and how it occurred. And it plays out by you opening diaries. You look at the diary, and then you get transported kind of into the body of the person uh, whose life you're then experiencing. Uh, it's, it's very well done. They're very short segments. Uh -huh. uh, it's... Like, like the moment when you enter the home, the, the feeling I got immediately was like, oh, this, this feels like, you know, like my, my old grandmother's home. They had like, you know, that little bit of dust, like with the, with the light, like that it's like falling. It, it felt very well done. And I just don't understand why a game like that, especially because it's a rather short experience, I think it would fit really well on the Oculus Quest 2. Uh, that something like that hasn't been brought uh, to, the, to the Quest platform or to the, to the, to the PC maybe as well. Yeah. Um, Especially because I saw in 2019 it got released for the Oculus uh, for the uh, Nintendo Switch, which I find mm -hmm. a rather strange platform then to to go to. But then it didn't get mm -hmm. to the Oculus Quest. Of course, you know, uh, in development started in 2017. Well, the game got released in 2017. So when they started on the game development, there was probably not a lot of mention about an Oculus yet. Uh, so that's probably the reason why they haven't gone to it. But mm -hmm. it's. The, the visuals and the story-driven experience of that game is really something something else. And it's currently on the Xbox Game Store, which is the way that I managed to to play it uh, mm -hmm. because I have the Game Pass there as well. Uh, it's it's a very unique experience. Uh, I, I don't know if people have ever played, like, like for example, uh, uh, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. well, and it's, and it's even very the title much in that like, style. reminded me of that. The other thing is you, you inspired me to think about, like, a body swapping quantum leap game, you know. Mm. I, I'd I actually think that that idea of having that in VR would be really cool. And 
I can't remember a, a, a VR game where you do like body swap more than two or three characters, you know? Mm. Uh, well, the, the cool thing is that you you swap with characters that are of a, a wide variety of ages. So you go from very old to very young and you get to experience like, you know, the way that a kid looks at the world. You get to experience the way that an older person looks at the world. It's, it's very weird. I, I can't describe it anywhere, <laughs> any, anywhere else, but mm. very... Um, uh, it captures you like I haven't been captured by a game like that in a very long time I think to the moon was one of those games that really captured mm. me which wasn't visual at all uh, mm -hmm. but uh, this game really plays on the feels and really manages to to to, to get you and I, I know it has like a Vorpex profile uh, since I saw that Paradise DK mentioned that in the chat uh, but I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of playing games like that on Vorpex oh. yeah and George, uh, as Vito, also says in the chat that the game is incredible. So, yeah, nice recommendation there, dude. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw someone said that Rowdy's Dusty Grandma's House Simulator. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, I couldn't describe it any better. Mm. Thanks for that, Sneaky Snooks. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Um, so what about the chat? Have they got any good suggestions, stuff that they played this week? Anything from them? Uh, yes. So we have uh, Arcane, who has been playing The Climb 2 and Synth Riders for some movement and exercise. Mm. Uh, gaming nice. science teacher has been uh, trying out the Smash Drums demo and uh, is also looking forward to trying out more uh, App Lab uh, titles this weekend. Uh, it's raining App Lab titles. It's at so the easy as well. Uh, That's the other thing. So easy now. Then we have uh, uh, Paint Pros Colorado who played Population One. Uh, Arcanian VR has been uh, finally getting himself a racing wheel. Mm. So mm. he has been playing some Assetto Corsa. To get ready nice. for the next Zim's Racing Sunday, Jim's Jim's Racing Sunday, I should say. Yeah, look what you're doing, Zim. You're like, you know, you, people's wallets are crying because of you. I warned you. I, you should I, be proud. I remember this conversation. <laughs> I, I've warned people before. Like, your your wallets do burn. They're gonna burn, well, he, but you're gonna be happy, and that's well, what he, matters most. Well, he has to <laughs> he has to save up money for the ticket to Canada, so he has to get his money from somewhere, right? Don't so, care racing about wheels. eating. Just yeah, game. True. Gaming makes you happy, not <laughs> gaming. <laughs> Racing wheel, yeah. And if you haven't learned that lesson by the time you're 13, man, you're no, you're no gamer, you know? <laughs> Who hasn't, like, saved up their change to buy a game? Oh then we have uh, Dave the Psycho, who played uh, Vertigo Remastered, uh, The Lost Eye and Flow Weaver. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Steve, who has been playing uh, Saints and Sinners, the uh, trial mode. And, oh, yeah. And... He got third place in the Fell competition for Saints and Freaking Sinners. Oh, nice job, nice. dude. So nice. he's a millionaire now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if he got a prize for third place. Yeah, I don't know what it place? was. Maybe uh, some, uh, yeah. Who knows? Nice job, though. Yeah, yeah good right. job. And actually, before um, Mike, before you jump to yours, I just wanted to say a thanks to these guys for covering for me while I was out. So I thought Rowdy's uh, run <laughs> yeah. of the podcast, which has been a while since we've had him kind of able to do that, um, was was silky yeah, smooth. You, so great job on that. And, did you also uh, like thanks. my uh, releases? Yes, I did. I had yeah. feedback on that. I thought Laid Back Camp was an excellent pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laid Back Camp, oh my God. Um, and that lava yeah. thing, man. Yeah, oh. You made, you, you made, oh. made Danny Zim proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you try it? Did you try it, Nathy? No, but we're, we're not going to go PD. back on that discussion. Anyway, no, okay, no, okay. that's not okay. good. Let's move on. So mm -hmm. this week, um, I jumped into Crisis Brigade 2. Uh, I played it using the B-Haptics Vest mm -hmm. and also the recoil feedback pistol from ProTube called the ProVolver. I can do you a little... I can show you it very quickly, actually. I've got a little product yeah. cam set up for you all, so check this out. Ooh. So this is the uh, ProTube from ProVolver. Um, 
uh, the Provolver from ProTube, sorry, is a recoil feedback uh, pistol. It's got this kind of kickback uh, slide here at the top with a motor inside. So when you pull the trigger, it slides back and gives you that kind of recoil feedback in games, which is kind of fun. And especially as just recently we were talking about the Striker VR gun on the show, mm. kind of got me excited for sort of haptic VR stuff mm. again. Um, yeah. So I thought I'd jump in, check it out with Crisis Brigade 2. And yeah, you know, Crisis Brigade 2, if you're not familiar with the game, it's very similar to like Time Crisis, but in VR. But of course, you know, being in VR, you have to physically dodge behind cover and, you know, take pop shots uh, above the cover, which is a lot of fun. It's pretty short if you've not played it before. It's only got three missions. Um, really? They're very challenging only, missions. Only three missions in the sequel? That's really surprising, actually. Yeah, only three missions. It is hard. It's a hard game. It's challenging because you only have three lives to take on each mission. And then if you lose them all, you have to just start all over again. Uh, but in this game, you can use in-game currency to upgrade your weapons, buy extra lives, and also use continues as well to mm -hmm. carry on where you left off if you do get wrecked by one of the bosses, which I did a couple of times. Um, I should mention there is a co-op mode coming for Crisis Brigade 2. Uh, it's in the works. It will be coming soon to both Quest and PC versions with cross-platform play. Uh, the Quest version is currently available right now on App Lab. It's not on the official store, but you can also get the game on Steam as well. So if you like Time Crisis, you're looking for a challenge, sort of arcade feel shooter, then uh, I'd recommend it. In terms of the kit I used, obviously the B-Haptics is available for everyone. The Provolver from ProTube, though, is only aimed at the arcade market right now, although they do have a revision in the works which will be lighter and easier to handle and will be coming to the consumer market sometime soon yeah about that it does look like it has some proper weight to it like and i'm sure you have some experience like you know firing firing some real weapons how how would you compare the two since i think it would be a little bit more top heavy compared because the module is more to the more to the front but like yeah like how would you since you you're probably the only one of us who has experience in doing that um so how would you compare this to actually like you know actual proper simulation um so it's 900 grams so it's about the same weight as a fully loaded pistol in real life. Um, but you're right, it is very front heavy, whereas mm. a, a traditional firearm is more balanced. Uh, I did do a firearms course <laughs> um, when I was in my old job. Uh, I did sadly fail it, though. Um, <laughs> I, uh, How many instructors I, uh, died, Mike? <laughs> I, 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 passed, I passed the shooting with flying colors, which, you know, my hand-to-eye mm. coordination is pretty good. Um, so that was fine, you know, top marks for that, but it was the tactical side of things that I struggled with. <laughs> I, was um, to say, I was about to say that you were like, but I shot all the wrong targets, like I shot all the kids, <laughs> I shot all the women. It, it's very intense, it's very intense. It's funny because like obviously, you know, I hadn't thought about it for a long, long time, but it's a very stressful situation to be in. And, and the funny thing is you go through these scenarios, you pull the trigger if, you know, if you have to, and then you have to like explain why you did it in like micro detail your thought process, what you were thinking, what you thought was going to happen. So it's very, very stressful. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't actually go into that um, that department in the end. But yeah, um, so I would say it's very front heavy compared to a normal firearm, but similar sort of weight feeling. And especially with Crisis Brigade, where you can sort of, um, mm. you know, shoot over cover and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, it was really nice to jump back into it again, because uh, thankfully the devs from ProTube sent me over the new uh, pistol grip for the Quest 2 controller, because it's slightly different from the original. But yeah, like I said, they're working on a revision of it soon, which will be more aimed at the consumer market and hopefully will have uh, a better price tag because this is pricey stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was my highlight. Nice, nice. Very good. Um, so let's get straight into the news then. We've got a lot of news to cover this week. Uh, and the first bit I want to talk about is about HTC because they finally unveiled what they've been teasing on their official Vive Twitter account over the past couple of weeks. 
Last week on the show, we speculated and also kind of hoped that it would be a new standalone headset from them to compete with the Quest 2, but sadly, that's not the case. At least for now, anyway, but I'll touch more on that in a little bit. So instead, they launched two new products, the Vive Facial Tracker and the Vive Tracker 3.0. So maybe starting with the Vive Facial Tracker, uh, this is a, an attachment designed for the Vive Pro and the Vive Pro Eye headsets. Although I've read in comments on Reddit posts suggesting that it will work with other headsets, but you would need to find a way to mount it onto the headset yourself. Um, oh, okay. So I'm going to be testing this out with a Valve Index when it arrives with some duct tape, and I'll let you know how it goes, uh, maybe on next week's show. Um, so what does it do? Well, put simply, it tracks your mouth movements with near zero latency using dual cameras built into the module, which kind of hangs down over the front of the headset right in front of your mouth. Uh, it can track 38 facial movements from your lips, jaw, chin, teeth, tongue, and cheeks, and then apply them to an in-game avatar to make capturing expressions for in-game characters easier for developers that are either using Unity or the Unreal Engine, um, you know, to create scripted sequences. Or, of course, it can be used by consumers for more lifelike interactions in social VR experiences. So right now, uh, support is fairly limited. The only social VR application that I know supports the facial tracker is Neos VR, which is available for free on Steam. It's kind of like a social application, a bit like VR chat. Although I'm sure someone from the community will figure out how to integrate it into VRChat soon enough. It's not supported right now, though. Um, Nathan, you've actually got one of these uh, yeah. modules. Yeah, I do. Have uh, you got it to hand? No, but you do you want me to grab it real quick? Sure, if you want okay. to, if you want to. Uh, and uh, I can I'll talk about... some comments on it. Uh, or, or no, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, um, if you're interested in this tech, uh, obviously it's kind of more on the development side, but obviously it has applications on the social side as well. It's available to order now in the UK and Europe, um, and it's priced at 129 British pounds. It will be coming to the US, uh, available to buy there later this month, and it'll be priced at 129 US dollars. So nice. I don't think it's... I don't think it's a bad price. I think it's pretty no, decent for I, something I th I quite unique like really, this. Yeah, I think the price is spot on for for because this is, again this is this is awesome technology. I think um, the only problem I see with this again is implementation. I just think that yeah. you know, like with with added modules on an already pricey uh, device, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to like add that or or sell that to a consumer. Uh, I, I I would very much compare it to like you know the Magic Leap when that came out. Exactly. You know, awesome tech. You know, like uh, really cool implementation, but if we're really honest, it didn't really get implemented into like anything except for like, you know, yeah. the, the basic demos. And I think that this will probably have a little bit of a, a same kind of future up until the point that someone comes out with a headset, Oculus probably, considering they're the ones pushing this technology, where it's like built in and you have that, you know, from the get go. Because I, I don't think like... Um, a lot of consumers, like even for this price, would would buy it because also like it's it's an extra hassle. You know, you need to set it up, you need to plug it in, you have another cable running. In terms of like you know ease of use, it's not really like the best kind of thing. But like it's again pushing the 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 frontier a little bit further, which I applaud and which I really appreciate. Uh, it looks it looks great. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was a good analogy actually, comparing it to the Magic Leap because it was kind of like a really nice interesting concept but it never actually went anywhere other than mm. the development stage you never got integrated into a yeah. game but, but hopefully but now you have hand tracking in, in the oculus uh, yeah. quest so that kind of technology got integrated and now you see that being used in like different kind of technologies what comparison uh, did you make because I, I was thinking leap motion when i 
Sagas. Leap motion, leap that's motion, what he meant. Motion, yeah, sorry. magic yeah, leap, sorry. leap motion. Magic yeah, leap. Sorry, because, sorry. Because you're leap, right. Leap motion was this module, and it came out, and like I just felt like if you're going to bring something like this, the software has to go with the hardware. E mm -hmm. Even if it's more for development purposes, I would think, I mean, Neos, this, this video and stuff that we're running is pretty nifty in terms of the caricatures and the facial tracking is actually pretty mature, even for this kind of first product offering that we're seeing. But the hardware implementation with that extra cable running over the headset, the um, the price is fine. I think the price is, as you guys have said, the price is fine. But I would expect more if you're gonna if you're gonna like all of a sudden jump out of the clouds and have something to show. Wouldn't you even have a first party application to like go with? Yeah, it? like no, that's no. the yeah, thing yeah. I don't understand. Like, yeah, no. wouldn't you want to excite? Two users in like well, a simple VR app that you could talk to each other in a room, just something super basic like well, that. The, the, mean, the, fun, the, the funny part is like HTC partly owns VRChat, so why is there no? Why didn't oh. they use that in their favor marketing wise? They didn't do that mm -hmm. because Neos is never heard of it since I was getting interested in yeah. facial trackers. Uh, it's a it's a bit strange. So again, they have hardware, but where's the software? You know. Can you show us the uh, the module yeah. a little bit then? Yeah. Yeah. So so here it is. Um, I don't know if you can you can see this. Oh yeah. yeah, we can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, and I think that. it's got a USB C cable there, right? Uh, it's a uh, USB C. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think with the index, I'm going to have to use some sort of adapter to plug it into the yeah, front and, you have and to see if that tape works. It. You have to tape it onto your headset. But there is screws oh. on that mount that you can undo, is there? So you could like use um, a different on, on the side. I see screws here. Yeah, but oh, those I, are I to think... kind of move the. The camera or the yeah the camera closer to your yeah mouth. I, I'm, I'm sure someone from the community will get a 3d printed mount for yeah the, i was already the index like some, before you know some it probably already did that <laughs> i'm just gonna use zip ties and duct tape and i'm sure that'll work fine <laughs> yeah but very nice nice so that is the first product that they announced obviously it wasn't the only one um the second product that they announced was a revision to their trackers uh the new vive tracker 3.0 now, these new trackers and the old trackers, in fact, can be used with any Steam VR headset that uses lighthouse tracking, such as all the Vive headsets, the Valve Index and the Pimax, for example. Uh, and these trackers, they're kind of used for a variety of different things. You can use them for high quality mixed reality capture. So if you wanted to move a camera around in virtual scenes, like you see from some of the top mixed reality pros like Tuj VR, for example, his mixed reality content is like next level definitely go check it out if you're interested in mixed reality capture he did a great guide just recently um but they're also used by professionals for performance capture and again in 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 uh, social experiences by consumers that support full body tracking like vr chat island 359 you can kick a dinosaur in the face amazing awesome. i definitely want to do that that's one of the first things i'm going to try <laughs> uh blade and sorcery uh, and of course we can't forget the best game what is it nathy oh a uh, hole in the wall Yes, there you go. Because I, I actually tried full body tracking for the first time when I visited Nathy in the Netherlands. We didn't have the waist. We didn't have one for the waist. No, we didn't. We just had uh, one no. for each foot. But we tried this one called Hole in the Wall. Yeah. It was freaking hilarious. Nathy actually managed to jump midair yeah. yeah. through a hole in the wall, which was one of the, the best things so I've it, ever it, seen in my life. It played like O shape before anyone gets fanciful ideas oh, about yeah. what yes. Mike's describing. Yes. Yeah, it plays yes. like O-shape, so it's it's your full body trying to go through a punch card in the wall, and you fail if you don't match the shape. Yeah, yeah so you managed to it's do actually, one in midair, which was impressive. It's actually a good point that the D1360 is, is making here, that, you know, Vive is slowly 
making it possible for the F Reality crew to become a fully VTube uh, podcast. By well, that's uh, <laughs> true, actually. We could. We could. We could put our faces in there, get our facial expressions, and maybe we should just try it as an experiment one day in the future and see how many people, how long it takes people to notice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so these these new trackers, they're apparently thirty three percent smaller than the last uh, version. Yeah, they weigh just seventy five grams, which is fifteen percent lighter than the last version whilst packing an additional 75% better battery life, which roughly equates to seven and a half hours of use per charge. Mm. It's pretty decent. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Um, other changes include moving from USB, uh, micro USB to USB-C. Um, so that might upset some people from the sort of VR chat community because if you use like the rebuff reality track straps with the built-in batteries, you'll just need to swap the cable over to a USB-C one, but it will mm. still work with the new trackers. Um, you do need a dongle for each tracker, so that's kind of annoying it was annoying quirk with the original trackers same quirk with this one so oh. make sure you have plenty of usbs free in your pc because yeah. if you want to use three trackers for full body tracking you're going to need three usb slots yeah. um they also mount using the same tripods kind of style screw mount uh, and like i mentioned rebuff reality make the best straps to strap them to your body if you're interested in doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally ordered three of these myself. They're expensive. Um, I ordered one for each foot and one for the waist because I wanted to try full body tracking. I've never really tried it in VR trap before, so that was kind of like a, a reason to, to get them and also mess around with some mixed reality stuff. Um, they cost the same as the Vive facial tracker, so 129 British pounds each or 129 US dollars each, which is 30 pounds or 30 dollars more expensive than the last version. Um, some people are kind of happy about the fact that they're coming and they're like obviously got more battery, but some people are a bit upset about the price hike because obviously HTC mm. have got some more competition on the horizon now in the tracking market, uh, at least as there's two other companies that are working on tracking, um, products that are coming to market relatively soon. Um, if you're interested, you have the Tundra trackers, which are even smaller than these new Vive trackers. Yeah, they're they're going to be 94 US dollars each, or you can buy them as a bundle with three trackers and a dongle at $300. Yeah. So it's a saving of $90 when buying three of them for a full tracking bundle. The other benefit of the Tundra trackers is that you only need a single dongle to track multiple trackers, mm -hmm. and they have a simpler mounting system. So you can um thread them through the loops at the bottom to attach them to your trainers through the shoelaces for example or you can just like run your belt through it to attach it to your waist so it's a smarter mounting system um but they're not to market yet they're going to be launching a kickstarter campaign on the 29th of march so yeah. well, they are they are significantly that. smaller than because uh, the new vive trackers yes they are smaller but they are still quite big you know yep. so i i think if they if they really have something that works really well it's definitely going to take off because, as you said, for VTubing and things like that, yeah, for people yeah. who use it every day, um, yeah. you want the, the, the easiest uh, method. The, yeah. quick question. the most like, interesting for, for me personally, I still find, um, you know, just having one extra tracker to be placed on the hip uh, because that would give you like quite a, a lot of more possibilities in doing locomotion. I think because now a lot of the locomotion is either head-based or controller-based. But if you're yep. doing things with your hands, then you know you can sometimes like walk in every direction at the same time if you're a little bit frantic. So having an extra tracker on your on your hip would actually be a kind of nice addition. And I see in the future that maybe you know being integrated as one of the first things, even before like seeing it happen for your feet, mm. um, because of course like with 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 feet tracking and like getting full body tracking, you typically need like more points, more kinetic points. 
mm-hmm. to get like an accurate representation. Although I have to say with like, you know, the, the latest predictive technology, uh, the kind of like estimations that they can do on like, you know, estimating like what kind of movement you're doing with your elbows is actually really, really promising. So, you know, with actually a very few amount of tracking, trackings, trackers, you can actually get very accurate predictions nowadays. It's interesting you mentioned that because that's what a Deca, Deca gear are doing with the Deca move. Yep. They're launching that first, which is a hip tracker, uh, mm. and it's for exactly that mm. reason. So I think that's you know, your a body choice, yeah, especially your for body... like competitive gaming and stuff like that in VR to have that mm. extra in competitive shooters. I yeah. think that's nice. So literally, your your body could be going in one direction, your head and your arms could be facing other directions, like mm. strafing, for example. Um, on this, yeah, so that's it's an interesting concept. On this price question, I, the the curiosity I have is. <clears throat> What's the limit? So like I've seen like silly screens from Steam VR where someone's got eight, 12, 20 trackers or whatever it is. What's the limit at the moment? Like is there a maybe none of you know this, maybe chat does, but like this VR chat, the VR chat player models and the skeleton, for example, that you've got, like does that allow you to add as many trackers as you want and Steam VR will just deal with it and you get an improvement? Because if you're if you're deciding like, hey, um either I'll pay mm-hmm top dollar and get the the formal HTC one, or I'll go for the Tundra trackers, you might say, oh, get four. And then my tracking is that little bit better. You know, um, is there Mm. an advantage there? I'm just curious about that. I'm not sure what the limit is, but the standard is like one on each foot, one on your waist. There's Obviously, the headset tracks your head. Limit. There is definitely a limit and to head, it. Yeah. Yeah. The controllers track your hands. What, what do you mean with that, that kind of? What do you mean with the limit to it? Like if I if I decided to throw yeah yeah exactly if, like if I you know with if I just if I just bought eight trackers and I slapped them on my body would I see the animation of the character? Um, is the is the, the kind of will it map the parody to the skeleton or is there a limitation at like a design level? In other mm. words, does it, think, does the well, skeleton like, have to be and the animation have to be designed before yeah, you, yeah, you have to rig it yourself. That's what I'd imagine. You'd have yeah, to yeah. rig it yourself. I, yeah, do, yeah, sure. I do think you need to rig that yourself uh, because otherwise, because that's still like, even if you have a lot of animation, but there's still a, a certain prediction that is happening to estimate like, you know, arm length or, or like the rotation of your elbow or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. you would still need to have, even if you have a lot of trackers, you, there would still be predictive technology that is helping you try to get. Yeah, the see, that, that's what I'm asking position. is like, it, it, does it, um, uh, Albagdawang said in chat, would it, would it increase the resolution essentially? That's what I'm saying. Like if it would, and you would be able to see a benefit and then it does that interpolation and there's like something happening in the software middle layer, mm. then cool, mm. right? Because then if, if money is no object, you could actually have a really high resolution tracking model. And I think people would pick that up because for anyone who's seen someone like in VR chat, right? It, it, it's quite eye catching when you see someone. But it's someone... a lot to manage, you know, like if you're it, like three trackers is a lot to manage, let alone more um, because yeah. you've got to charge them all individually. You've got to then mount them all individually. You know, it's yeah. a lot of work, but I'm sure there's people out there that do it, but I, I don't know what the limit is. I but think, at, at that know, point, some is, people is... buy actual like, you know, uh, suits that track everything. Like a mocap suit yeah. or something like the Tesla suit, you know, that has the potential uh, to do that in yeah. the future. Yeah. Um, I should also mention Stonex. Uh, they're also a small startup company that are offering a full body tracking solution, but it's just $80 for the dev kit or $165 for the retail version, mm. which would include four trackers and a tracking beacon. Still very early days for this product and it's still very much in development. And we don't know how accurate they're going to be. Uh, but I just thought I'd mention it that there, there is another alternative in the works as well if you want to go check them out. And that is Ston X. Um, but to round up this segment, um, talking about HTC, um, although we didn't get any news about 
a new headset, which we kind of hoped for. The president of HTC in China, Alvin Graylin, did confirm that their next generation standalone headset will be coming soon in a recent interview with YouTube channel Teleport Me. And he said that it will be an all-in-one headset, although quickly stated that he wouldn't position it as a Quest competitor. So this kind of likely means it's going to be aimed at business or enterprise use. Uh, but he did confirm the headset will be launching this year and said that from every perspective, it's better than what they have today and is probably better better than what's out there from any other vendor today. Yeah, and, and it's standalone. It's standalone. <laughs> that sounds just like find, a 2.0 version kind of, of, of the... Uh, Shoot, what's the what's the Vive standalone from ages ago? The one Focus. That, the Focus. Focus. Yeah, wouldn't it just be the Focus too? I thought they already teased that. Mm. Well, we what, talked what about the XR2 mean? version, right, on last week's show from the Geekbench leak. Yeah. But yeah. What, what what does he exactly mean when that it's better than from any other vendor? Because this is like really like I think like and market specific. Mm. So mm. enterprise like other enterprises who uh, also offer like standalone VR trackers. So so. No, VR headsets. No, VR headsets. So, so the Pico, yeah. for example, is is yeah. from a vendor. Uh, what else do we have in terms of standalone? So compared to uh, other headset vendors, well, he's he's comparing it to almost no headset Samsung, vendors. There almost no standalone yeah. headsets. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, well, the much. the XR space then uh, is also from a vendor. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think that that's but yeah, everything. It, we it have. just seems that from from this conversation that you had on this like kind of like you know. Uh, show yeah. that it's going to be enterprise focused. You know, he, he did sort of specifically state it wasn't going to be a Quest competitor. Whether that means it will still be, you know, available for the prosumer market to play games, we don't know at this point. Yeah, that's a, good a bit one. like the Vive yeah. Pro, because the thing is with the Vive Pro, it was uh, a, an enterprise headset that was almost marketed at gamers, but yeah, so it was a bit of a weird one. Yeah, they usually but, like uh, to sell everything to everyone, even that it's yeah. not for yeah. We, yeah. we just don't know. We don't know. But it's but good it, that he's it, setting it, expectations. I think he was pretty honest yeah. in that interview yeah. and just saying, listen, because the thing is, he, he also knows that he can't compete in, in, the, in, in a certain market. So he just kind of puts it in their mm. own kind of uh, spot. I think it's good. I think what he did there was, uh, was a brave yeah. uh, move. But obviously, as soon as we get any more information about this headset, we'll let you know on the show as well. Yeah. But I thought I'd give you that little tidbit there. Um, next bit of news is about Shadow. Uh, you might remember me talking about this a little while ago as I tested it out for a video. I was actually surprised at how well it worked. Um, but Shadow is like a, a company that provides access to full remote PCs in the cloud. They're basically all located in a data center somewhere. Um, and it's a full PC. You can do anything you want with it. You can use it for productivity, video editing, remote storage, and of course, PC gaming. Um, they even have like, I think the most basic plan has like a GTX 1080 in it with 256 gigabytes of storage. Uh, so it's pretty decent. And it was only like, what, 12 pounds, $15 a month for the service for a full remote PC, which is pretty good considering the cost of like components nowadays, especially now with, you know, graphics cards being very difficult to find because of the booming uh, market in terms of mining cryptocurrency everyone's picking them up or scalping them on, on sort of eBay and stuff like that. Mm. So it was it was a real awesome service at a cheap cost that you could get into like PC um, gaming. And I used it using virtual desktop to play Half-Life Alex remotely uh, from a shadow PC that was like 300 miles away in a data center in Paris. And I was actually very surprised with how, work, how well it worked because I was getting around 50 to 90 milliseconds of latency in VR, which... When you consider the distance, that's not not bad. And it was definitely playable. And it kind of worked well enough that I sort of suggested that if you didn't have access to a high-end P 
PC for VR content and you wanted to give it a go, then I'd recommend you kind of sign up for the service. But there was an incredibly long waiting list and there were some other caveats involved, like the speed of your internet connection, the strength of your Wi-Fi connection as well, and also your physical distance from your nearest data center would affect the performance. So you had to kind of bear those things in mind. But unfortunately, in recent news, the company is kind of facing financial problems. Um, and in their latest blog post, they gave an update stated that they kind of fell victim to their own success with demand greatly exceeding the company's capacity. So you had all these people signing up, but they didn't have the physical machines to, to service those users. And they were obviously costing a lot of money to buy those components or, or at least lease them from this company, which I'll talk about shortly. Um, because they used like a kind of a service provider for their server equipment, uh, a company called 2CRSI. And and this company now are saying, well, we, we're, we're giving you all this hardware, but we're not getting the return quick enough. And there's other companies that want to access this and are offering more money. And it almost seems like they're kind of pulling the rug underneath them to a certain degree. And this is what they said in a statement. Um, they said that they have the right to take back 30 million euros worth of hardware currently used by the shadow service with further mention of financial debt around the contract uh, to lease or use the, uh, the, the equipment amounting to over 3 million uh, euros. They said that the shortage, the shortage of electronic components and more specifically graphics cards due to the COVID-19 pandemic has increased demand for its equipment. 2CRSI has already received interest from other customers for the servers currently used by the Shadow service. Now, Shadow seem optimistic at this point, saying that it's reorganizing and seeking new investment to free itself from this debt before moving on to a new stage. And they're sort of saying that right now, any customers using the service will be unaffected with pre-orders still being honored, but new, con new sort of customers signing up to the service will be put on hold for the time being. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a shame. I do hope they find investment mm. and they can build further from this point as they do offer you a, a, a really unique service when compared to the likes of Stadia, for example. Yeah. Um, well, but Stadia it seems like they're going to... Uh, also... Uh... Well, that, that so. is true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That is true. But it seems like a shame yeah. because it is quite unique in this kind of space. Yeah, there's loads of potential. Dif loads of it's potential. A, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult sell, though. I mean, as a product, what you're doing is you're taking a box that can host what like 40 users slice it apart sell it off to people um basically sharing sharing the seat so to speak of of that box because yeah. you wouldn't be using it so mike's got a subscription nathan's got a subscription and i've got one right rowdy says man i guess i'm not gonna pay him for that and um and you <laughs> know we're all we're all we're all like connecting at different times in that so like from a load balancing perspective makes sense but like how do you turn what is essentially an expensive computer because it's going to be far more expensive than just a PC you'd build at home. Mm -hmm. And then couple with that, the networking transmission costs and then slice it up into, you know, 15 quid a month. Like it's difficult to make it attractive to a consumer at a price point that they're willing to put money in. Um, yeah. And I think it's a really interesting slide that you mentioned, you know, with all the crypto mining, because we saw this a couple of years ago and the same thing is just, it's, it's crippling a couple of markets. It's causing, strange behavior from like pc specialists in their sales as well like you want a graphics card fine buy the full rig you know you can't just have a card on its own those kinds of sales behaviors yep. that we're seeing at the moment it's just a it's another turn in, in this kind of world in the last two years that, that we just have to get uh, acclimated to it's probably transient i would expect this technology to come back hopefully these guys can stay alive um but i, I would expect at some point a stadia or shadow pc like service to actually be viable you know right now i yeah. think it's just well, not what at do the you price think point would be 
what would you think would be required for a business like that to thrive then? Like, cause I mean, should just PCs become more expensive? Should have should that happen first before you know that people are less likely to buy a home PC? Is that something that is that is maybe it's already back? very expensive? Yeah, it's very yeah, I don't know. Rare. Like you, you can you can still get a fairly decent gaming PC, just a regular gaming PC, uh, for you know quite a quite not that much money. Like uh, it's not think, that expensive. I think you're talking like what between six hundred to eight hundred dollars. We, for a we, decent one. I think if you talk no, you about your average consumer, right? Like we are already mm-hmm. moved in the last 10 years, we've already moved away from people by default buying a Dell and having a desktop sitting there to moving to mm-hmm. a laptop and more decentralized stuff. The the yeah. advent of, for instance, yeah. Chromebooks, like move mm-hmm. the power of the processing away and have a heavier reliance on the internet, right? The, yeah. the internet connection now exactly. is like a water supply. So I think, I think it just needs to mature. Uh, I, yeah. I think that just needs to mature to the point where like, I hope that VR contributes to this because mm-hmm. I would love, I think all of us would love the, you know, get rid of the physical box in your house, potentially get rid of the monitors, you know, mm-hmm. forget all that infrastructure, just have a headset. And if that headset like, waste happen, of headset. Like a ready player one thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just, you're just connecting to a service, you know, cause so. that kind of happened just a little, I mean, I wouldn't compare it entirely, but you can maybe compare it a little bit to like, you know, the rise of Netflix, you know, you used to, used to be that everyone had like a DVD exactly. player a box a below their TV where you put the DVD in, you play it, but that kind of mm-hmm. like got like decentralized and it's now like Netflix and everyone puts Netflix on or Amazon prime or whatever yes, it is. Good that you analogy. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. Is that maybe something that needs to become like more necessary that less people would just have PCs or see the benefit of having a PC in the house? And then yeah. just have a monitor or Agreed. just have a... It just needs a I point of inflection. Something. It just needs a point yeah. of inflection. But if I was like 13 years old and couldn't buy a PC, then, you know, this is certainly something I'd be looking at, you know. Uh, 12 pounds a month, you know, you could you could swallow that quite easily and have that all that power. Yeah. It's just remotely. Um, yeah, it's a pretty awesome concept. But like I said, whether they'll survive in the long term after this blow, we don't know yet. Mm. But they're looking, they're looking sort of optimistic at it. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But another blow, obviously, was that the news recently that the Oculus kind of stated publicly that they wouldn't allow these apps on the official store. Uh, same with like Pluto Sphere, which was another kind of cloud oh. streaming VR service that was kind of bubbling on the works. Yeah. It's available through SideQuest. Um, you so can understand that- why, right? Remember when they yeah. didn't like virtual desktop for the performance part? All those yes. caveats you just mentioned, Mike, and I could have thought of another one or two, is a very good reason why they don't want it tarnishing or oh, I'm going to pull up this old comment. They don't want mm. it poisoning the well, you know? So. Yeah. It's glad that virtual desktop slipped through the net because, you know, you normally you're doing it with a local PC and you just want to play wirelessly. That's the goal. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that is Shadow um, in some trouble, but hopefully they can uh, pull themselves out of it in the future. Uh, it would be sad to see them go, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the last kind of bit of news is a couple of updates from Oculus. Firstly, an update about Oculus Quest 2's 120 hertz mode. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, Andrew Bosworth recently stated in an Instagram AMA that this is a feature in the roadmap for the Quest 2. Uh, although the official developer roadmap was recently updated to suggest that it's been pushed back to Q2 of 2021. So maybe another couple of months, maybe. And John Carmack also just suggested that obviously this won't be working with a complete library of games available on Quest. It will likely be a few existing games that will be able to support 120 hertz mode. He didn't give any indication as to what those games might be, but, you know, Beat Saber is is a is a good candidate. Pistol Whip, those kind of like, mm. you know, super hot, low poly sort of games 
might work yeah. well for 120 hertz mode so we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and wait to see yeah. when that comes um, i'd also like to see it come to oculus link as well actually for yeah 120 yeah. hertz steam vr mode because that's yeah. pretty awesome well i mean general consumer doesn't care so they mm. can they can just kind of wait this out and take their time right yeah this is like what the enthusiasts want yeah. for sure yeah. i honestly think if there's uh, if there's even just one application of it you know like beat saber at 90 or 100 120 is just it, it, beautiful so I will, I will take that. Even if they yeah. had to cut down on the graphics in the game to achieve it, you know, stably. Are there any graphics in Beat Saber? I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you play, like, I, I remember seeing it when, when you stepped yeah. from, like, the PC VR version and then you went and played, like, the PS VR version of Beat Saber. Like, mm. flattened textures, no pretty effects, you know. Th there are, but they're Well, limited. you could also be slashing a blue and a red potato and it would still be Beat Saber, so, I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> potato Saber. Yeah, Potato Saber. Um, so yeah, that is the 120 hertz mode delayed. Uh, the other little bit of Oculus news is that they're holding a couple of virtual sessions ahead of GDC to talk about uh, the development of VR titles on the 17th of March. So yeah. if you're interested in kind of like a bit behind the scenes about the development of VR titles, then maybe go check it yeah. out. Great combination. Mike and... Uh, was it? Yeah, you uh, have uh, Mike Verdu, yeah. Jason Rubin, Jason uh, Rubin. Mike... Michael Carter and our friend Denny Unger from Cloudhead Games. Yeah. Wow. They're going to be giving a talk um, about sort of developing in VR. There's also going to be discussions from the devs uh, at Big Box VR, the creators of Population One, and also a talk from Skydance Interactive, the devs behind uh, The Walking oh, Dead Saints and Sinners. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, yeah. As well. So if you're interested in like development of multiplayer and single player games, you know, maybe go and check out the discussions there. They're going to be hosted on the official GDC website on Wednesday, the 17th of March. Can we, nice. can we like, I don't know when, when there is a point where, where we can say this, but can we almost say now that Big Box and also Skydance are not really indie studios anymore, but more the triple A studios of our VR industry? Mm. Of, of the or VR that, industry then, yeah. Or, yeah. But they're I, certainly, I would, they're certainly getting them. there, yeah. 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 yeah, because they are the most successful ones, uh, beat games. Uh... Well, I think they, they both make games that bring players back for more. And I think that's something that VR lacks to a certain degree is that kind of pull. Oh, I <sighs> want to go back and play that game. I want to go back into Saints and Sinners and find out what happens to this guy and where the story arc goes. I want to jump yeah. back into Population 1 to level up and play with my friends. They're, they're games uh, that keep sucking players back for more and yeah, retention true. is important. I, I think it a little bit depends as well. And you're like, what is your definition of like a triple A? Well, usually AAA is based on how many sales a company has made and, and also how successful they have been throughout the years with different, like, you know, if they had a multiple hits, then they become like is a AAA. It, isn't uh, AAA um, rather on budget rather than sales? I thought it was the other side of the coin. Same thing like with movies, you know? Usually you, you're, you're saying that the production is at a certain level of spend, which can translate oh, to yeah, sales. Yeah. Yeah. But there are games that also you know, that, don't have yeah. a mega budget. So I, I yeah. would I would generally look at it from that perspective. And again, that's not something that we often get to see into the books of, you know, how much money. So even if they're not regarded project. as AAA, they're definitely like significant. Well, they, 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 they just yeah. show that I they know exactly one. how things work from the yeah. marketing from. And that's something with indies. You don't really, you know, they're just <laughs> hardcore yeah. businesses. Yeah. Both those games nailed it on the marketing yeah. and and delivering quality experiences in VR as well. So, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what they say uh, on the 17th of March. Go check out mm -hmm. those discussions on the GDC website. So now let's get into the main topic uh, this week. Uh, we've got an interesting headset to talk about, the XR Space Manova. So you may recall we talked about this way back on the show on episode 141 when it was originally announced back in May of last year. It's a standalone headset developed by Peter Chow 
former CEO of HTC under the new company, XR Space. What's unique about this headset is that it's built around a single online world with the focus mainly on social interaction. So they're kind of stepping away a little bit from gaming, although there is some gaming sides to it, which I'll talk about shortly, mm. but mainly focused on social. Not many people have tried this headset um, because it's hard to get hold of. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to talk about it because Nathie and I got our hands on one yeah. each and we met up in the virtual world together and we had a bit of fun so we can maybe talk about our experience. Um, I actually bought one on eBay of all places. <laughs> I, I, I regularly collect weird VR headsets. I've bought some very old ones, um, some rare ones, and this just popped up in my feed one day and I was like, this is unusual. I remember talking about this a while ago mm. and I bought it and we got to check it out. So uh, yeah, should we start with the hardware and maybe I can do a yeah, little so, unboxing? So yeah. should we first tell everyone, uh, so XR Space Manova is a standalone headset a 5G mm -hmm. VR headset. It's mm -hmm. not for consumers and it's also not really for enterprise right now. It's not for sale. So it's, it's more not for a, anyone. <laughs> it's for, no, 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 but it's like, it's not for sale for anyone. Um, so it's kind of, kind of like in an experimental phase right now. So that's why it also says like beta. Um, so in the end, this is going to be for consumers, um, but right now you just can't get your hands on it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's right. So I thought we'd do a little live unboxing. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> nice. new. Um, so this is the actual box that it comes in. Um, it's got pretty basic packaging. Um, it's got the, like the Manova World on the side, little logo there. And I've, I'll show you exactly what the, the headset yeah, looks like. Just make sure you do a little bit of ASMR for the audio listeners here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I like... This is what the box feels... This is what the case feels like. <laughs> it's like he's sawing into it now, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it comes with this nice little hard case, which is actually quite a nice little touch, I think. It's like an um, egg. Yeah. yeah. So nice. it comes shipped in one of these little cases. Um, like this is egg. the headset itself. Uh, this is what it looks like. I can take this it's out of the like way a stormtrooper's face. Yeah. yeah, those eyes are amazing. Like. <laughs> yeah. It comes in white or orange, like a burnt orange color. It's kind of got some silver accents here on the side as well. I think overall it looks like a nice headset. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got quite a cool little design to it. Um, so I can kind of run you through the specs. It's got a Snapdragon 845 processor. Uh, it's got uh, a resolution of 1440 by 1440 per eye, mm -hmm. running at 90 hertz with 100 degrees field of view. It's got six gigabytes of memory, 64 gigabytes of internal storage, two and a half hour battery life with USB-C port for charging at the top there. Mm. Uh, power button, volume button, as you'd expect. It's got a fixed IPD, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so no IPD adjustment. Fixed it's got integrated hat. And what is that yeah. IPD? Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. I tried to look it look it up. Um, as we know from like the Quest, uh, what was it? No, not the Quest. The Go. The the IPD was fixed fixed at around sixty four millimeters, which mm -hmm. is kind of like the mean average. Yes. Yeah. I'd imagine this is probably the same. Okay. Um, it has integrated hand tracking, uh, which is tracked through the front to front-facing cameras, which also provides headset tracking, six degrees of freedom. It also has a little pass-through camera here, which you can just about make out as well. Yes. Um, there. It's got built-in speakers, uh, dual microphones, and a 3.5-millimeter audio jack if you want to wear headphones. It's got a soft strap similar to the Quest 2, which sucks, just like the Quest 2 one does, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it has built-in Wi-Fi, and interestingly, it's got a little slot. I don't think you'll be able to see this uh, because the lighting is pretty terrible, but it's actually... Oh, God, I just turned it on. There's a little tray here for a 5G SIM card. Really? Um, yeah, so you a can 5G use 5G SIM card? Okay. Yeah, so you can use it on the go. That was kind of like 
part of their marketing plan around this headset because the thing is you can only buy this through uh, telecoms providers in both Germany and Taiwan right now. So that's kind of Germany like how they're selling Taiwan. it. What an yeah, odd yeah. ideal market. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a way, it's kind of smart of them to target Germany because you can't buy the Quest there right now. So um, in a way, that's kind of yeah, smart. Correct. But yeah. They, they kind of want to sell it through telecoms providers, bundling it with 5G SIM cards, I presume. Quick question, Mike. That sure. grill on the top, is that yes. for heat, heat. dissipation? Yes. And it, are there fans? Yes, there are fans. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be talking more about that mm. shortly. Um, I should also show you the controller because it also comes with a, a 3 DOF controller, similar to the Oculus Go. Yeah. Um, the controller has a, a trackpad on the top. Is that the Oculus um, Go controller? Yeah, it almost looks like the Oculus Go almost. controller. You would, wow. you would think so, right? It looks very similar. But it's got a grip um, button, which is, which got is a, unique. It's got a grip button. It's got a trigger button. It's got a home and uh, a menu button as well. And it takes, I think it's a single single AA. Yeah, single AA uh, battery, mm. just like the Go did. Oh. Uh, Go did as well. So, um, yeah. So we, we, we use this to uh, jump... I'll jump back to my normal camera now now that I've kind of shown you that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we use these headsets to jump into the virtual world, which is called Minova. Um, and I think we have a little video of that as well, which I, I captured from the headset itself. I do. I'll get it up there in just a sec. Yeah. Um, so the thing is with this headset is, like I said, it's only available in Germany and Taiwan. It retails for 500 euros or 599 US dollars when it comes to the US market. We don't know if the, if and when that happens. Uh, so it is quite expensive, um, especially when you compare it to obviously the competition on the market right now. Um, talking about the headset, just sort of recapping on the thoughts of the hardware before we talk about the virtual world. The hardware sadly isn't very good. Um, like Zim mentioned about the fan, the fans. The fans are actually quite loud, and when they kick in, <laughs> you you really do hear them um, over the virtual world. They're that yeah. Aggressive. Sometimes hard to uh, like hear someone speak because of the fans. Oh god! Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty bad. Uh, the screen door effect is the pretty audio? visible. Sorry, while you're just like, how, how's the audio on the speakers? Like, it, would you just say it's kind of on par with like the Go, or is it no? That's kind yeah, of tinny. It was. It was fine. I didn't have any complaints about the audio. Like, I didn't wear any headphones when me and Nathie met up. I could hear him clearly. He could hear me clearly. We tested out the audio by talking to each other. Um, didn't have any problems with the audio, really. Um, and you'd expect that, especially with a headset <laughs> focused on social alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, but so uh, um, the interesting part uh, about this, I don't know if you want to say anything else about the hardware. Uh, I just got uh, a, a few more things about the okay, hardware cool. before we get Go into ahead. the virtual world, because I think that that should be talked about in its own yeah. entity, because it is kind of separate. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 performance of the headset itself it runs the world pretty laggy. Like we experienced some. It wasn't a smooth experience. Put it that way. It was kind of a bit choppy at times. Mm -hmm. um, the hand tracking is very poor. Uh, it's not on par with what we we know from Quest or Quest Two. It kind of just shows your hands movements uh, as basic gestures. It doesn't show you the move in real time. If you know what I mean. Um, and that's why in the in the, the video that you'll see now, Nathan and I resorted to using the three DOF controller to move around and interact with the world because the hand tracking was so Way bad. Easier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the three DOF controller obviously is limited to what you can do with it. So some of the movements were were pretty rough. You know, when we were trying to interact with some of the puzzles or some of the mini games, didn't really feel natural, didn't feel right. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of rough. So the hardware is bad. Like we could just put, put, draw a line under that. The hardware is bad. 
We wouldn't recommend you go out and buy the hardware, put it that way. No. Can you just but repeat on what, what the cost was? Like on, 500 on... euros or 599 US dollars. Okay. So almost twice but, but the wait. price of the Quest 2. Okay, but, but wait, wait. Like, because they, they're selling it through telecom providers, right? So there must be some kind of package you get with that. Or is that, what, what, what is the reason of them selling it through there then? Just to bundle it with 5G SIM cards so you can use it on the go. But the problem Cause, is cause the I, data, I was... the ahead, data consumption is high. Because um, I, I was expecting them to go with like a, like a more like aggressive pricing scheme. Like, for example, say that you could get the headset for like 10 euros per month. And, that would be uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that would make sense. Because then you could like say, you know, the hardware is not too great, but you need to get mm. like a two-year contract or something like that. You pay 10 euros yeah. per month. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and if you then quit after two years, you need to send the hardware back or something like that. Like, I was expecting them to, to go a little bit more into that direction because... Like who who's gonna buy this now for five hundred euros? You cannot. Well, I mean, we're going well, the to thing suffer is, soon. But who's for who is this? But the thing, as Mike said before, there is no Oculus Quest. So this this is the only standalone VR that's next to the Quest that you can buy. But so how many Quest it? games can you play on there? Well, you you, you, do, you can't play any. It's Quest not games. it's not a gaming headset. So you, you can play games. Headset. So it yeah. does have Angry Birds and does has have Cloudlands available in the store. But you know. The focus isn't really on gaming. They're like, they're not they're not looking to expand their gaming library. They just no. want to focus on the social world. And so, that's so they're not, they're not even point. competing with the Quest. Then even even if they well, released not, it in the US, they never it, said they it, never said they wanted quest, to compete. Yeah, it's no. not a Quest competitor. Uh, although no. it has but, kind but of like. But for who is this then? For who is this headset? Well, someone that just wants to meet up with their their friend or family member in a social VR space without having to mess around with downloading games or apps because yeah. you just start off in that space when you put the headset on. It's so it's kind of like OS level. The OS social level, experiences. Yeah. I, I, OS I get level. that, but then I think the price point is just completely wrong. Because who's going to pay that amount of money for like a? No, a, I, I totally a, agree, a nice and that's what I, I totally agree. Yeah, that it's, it's priced way too much, and that's mm. why I think your idea of like a monthly subscription service, like a you know you pay it off as you go through a telecoms provider, is actually a smart one, and that's something and that they should definitely the consider. Yeah. yeah, it's also that's, smart and snaky. I remember, like, I mean, that's you'd buy a phone or something, you'd be you'd be you'd be stuck with it for uh, <laughs> for two years, still paying it off and hating it the whole time. Like, I don't know that it's it's better if if Rowdy's evil idea of tricking people into buying a terrible headset for fifty quid. I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, like, I get the model, and I do think that um, a VR provider should do that, especially yeah. if it's tied into a five G plan. Makes way more sense, and they're kind of accustomed to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the problem with VR at all. I'm just trying to remember. Like the only um, similar to this headset, like back in the day, the Gear VR had a similar thing where you could get you buy a mobile and they'd throw in the Gear VR with it. Like it was tied Mm. into telcos uh, in that way. So this is kind of the next step in that evolution. Although it's now five years later. Yeah, and I think the problem with XR Space is that they've had this in development for such a long time. They obviously picked the best parts that were available at the time. time. And then it was in development for so long, it comes to release, and they're already superseded by the competition the second it releases. And I think that is the big problem for them Mm. because you've got to remember that they're not a big company. They're not Facebook. They're not Google. They're not Apple. They're a startup company that have made hardware, which is hard, and they've also developed software to work specifically on that hardware, which, again, is quite hard. So I oh, think yeah. what they've done is a small feat, <laughs> in a, in a way. Sadly, it's bad. Yeah. But you know, 
Yeah. It would have no, been I good had it been released. I think you're completely right, Mike. I, I think that the hardware and the software, you know, developing that is, is, is a major feat. But I think that the entire, like, I don't know who did the marketing or who did the market research or did the, you know, the the targeting to, because like, regardless, whatever product you have, you need to have like some kind of market in mind that you're going to target this to mm. and then do some kind of research into like, how much is this market willing to pay? How many hats do we need to sell? Yeah, but I, I this find is it a the, really weird strategy. But this is the thing, like they're the first one who uh, are going to try to offer a headset for social only. The rest yeah. of the headsets are all focused on mainly gaming, maybe some entertainment. Social is still very rare. I mean, look at the Oculus Quest. There is a lack of social on that platform. So uh, this this but, is totally new. This is experimental. This is trying to test the waters out. Yeah, and it's a prime market. Like, if you can just sell the concept to the everyday Joe that you could just use this headset to meet up no, with someone in VR. it's a great concept. It's a great concept. Maybe I, not I executed well, exactly. but it's a great That's concept. That's the problem. I think it's not executed yeah. so, well. So let, let, let's, like, okay, hardware-wise, it sucks, but the software has yeah. so much potential. It, it was very exciting. So first of all, when you set up this headset, you use your phone, and then you have to make a photo of yourself, and it creates an avatar for you. And on my side, I had a fine avatar. I did customize a little bit. I don't know about you, Mike. Uh, mm -hmm. I was able to, yeah, create an avatar that I was happy with. There were some options of things you could customize, your outfits, uh, your hair, eyes, etc. Um, and then I was like, hey, do you want to add any friends? So uh, I, I looked up uh, VR Oasis. Then we added each other. And then when I jumped in, uh, I was in my own living room, so I got my own living room. I had my own pet too, by the way. That's the best thing ever, so you have your own pet. But it felt like my own home space, and from there I could just uh, or jump into my wardrobe and change my outfits even more, sit on the couch, watch television in my house, uh, jump onto my scooter and explore the town because you have a town where you can go to. You have all kinds of different places: the circus, the beach. Uh, it sounds like the underwater like GTA. Like, well, yeah, it's yeah. Well, you could compare it to GTA in in some ways. Um, but like straight away for me, I was like, nice, my own social place, like something yeah. we wanted for other headsets Finally, for so long. Right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Mike and I met up, and I, I remember calling him. Uh, and there was like this little like Skype window and you saw Mike in, in a different environment and I could see where he was and he could wave at me with his camera. It was, it was almost like some kind of selfie stick and we're like, oh, where are you? I'm at the beach. But it was so easy to instantly meet up with someone. I had no problems connecting to Mike, trying to find him, doing fun stuff. So I've never tried something so uh, consumer friendly before in terms of how you meet up. It's very mm. simple, very low entry level. So yeah. on, the, on the software side, they nailed that. And that excited me so much because even that the hardware was kind of bad, I, I was like, this is what I'm missing. This is what I want for years now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we're cool. expecting as well from Facebook Horizon, right? To, to bring Similar that concept. level of... Uh... I hope so, at least, because like, you know, like Nathy said, you know, I was able to invite him over to my house. We could watch some uh, clips on like a big screen. I had yeah. a little pet penguin running around. Oh, oh. that's yeah. my camera just died. <laughs> um, so I'll switch to my other one while that kind of recharges a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it has all these different worlds for different social activities. So there's like an event center. Uh, where you can go to like events. There's a, like a business um, place where you can do like business meetings with people. Yeah. 
And, you know, then you've got this kind of like circus area. You can play casual games together. It kind of felt like a more mature version of VR chat because you create an avatar that resembles yourself, uh, which you can do via the app, like you said, by taking a selfie. Although it didn't particularly work very well, I had to manually configure mine. Um, but I think the problem was that when we got into uh, the virtual environment, it was only us two in there. Yeah, there was um, no one there. That was my question. How did you connect with each other? I, I, I missed that piece when you were so saying- So through the phone. So on the phone, it said like, hey, do you want to add any friends? You could also uh, do yeah. it inside the headset, but in the setup process, you could already say, hey, I want to add some of my friends. And then it popped up. So I saw Mike's little avatar and then I could just like ping him from there already. So mm. when you're, you can prepare for the, for the social part before you step into VR. And, and that, and what I'm also interested in, because we see this in, let's say rec room, right? It's very gated. You go from room to then loading another environment, then loading another environment. Was it seamless yeah. from space to space or no, was it no, just no. loaded? No, loaded? like loading. Yeah. That's loading. my question as well. So yeah. like uh, how big are those environments? Because I, you guys were like talking about like the, the beach and the circus, but like, is that like, um, is that like, each separate location or can you actually go from how, like well, so every locations spread out a bit more or so, is it like so locations, locations are locations are quite big like you would be able to fit like 30 40 people in there for sure i don't know what the limit is but from there you have all these they made all these doors and entry parts where you can then go to something else like for example it says treehouse so when you then go there you go to this next environment so they are connected yeah. But of course, you need to, of course, load in between. Um, and every environment has also more a place to explore. So we could go to the beach. Then there was a submarine that we could step into. Then we were on the water. And that's a part of the beach. But then we were just able to drink champagne on the water, for example, and yeah. play games there too. Yeah. How did yeah. the champagne taste in there? I have no. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> Underwater yeah. tastes like seawater. <laughs> no, but uh, I, 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 like, I, I just said to Mike, like, you know, yeah, forget about the hardware and maybe XR special, so forget about the hardware <laughs> and, 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 and use this, this um, you know, social stuff and implement it, you know, into all these uh, other headsets, put it on Steam. Put it just like VR chat and everything else. Although I, I still want to see a headset that does just that, but it just needs to be good hardware, you know. Yeah. Um, but I it has it has so much potential. They were uh, like I met a few people uh, uh, in there. They were all German, by the way, because yeah, it's. Um, but it was just super nice to hear these people talk about their VR experiences. They were no gamers, but they were like, oh yeah, so we do fitness in the morning with each other and then we meet up and uh, we, we chat at the treehouse and we just look at you know the the view things like that so wow. people who have a lot no of rich knowledge, germans you met there so so people <laughs> who have no knowledge about gaming whatsoever you know people who are not in there to hey can i play another game um they were just there to watch uh, movies together or uh yeah like work out you could uh what could you do again tai chi yeah you could do like uh, tai chi you could do meditation yoga. yeah yoga, and, uh, and the environment there was really nice it was like a 360 of like a waterfall yeah. really calming you could sit on the edge and look over the waterfall which was kind of cool although it wasn't it was static right it wasn't mm -hmm. like a moving image uh it did look very nice um but i think I the thing think is like that they i still think that they could like if they would indeed go with that more aggressive scheme of like you know charging users per month that a lot of people would just forget about like the the hardware and like the, the flaws yeah. with that and uh, i do agree that, that, but, but that's the funny cheap. part i was asking these people about the hardware so like what do you think about it and they didn't mind any of it. They were like, 
I'm just yeah. in here and it's great. Well, I'm of course like, oh, the van and this and that. Uh, even the even the hand tracking. So, like, what do you think of the hand tracking? Oh, it's very mm-hmm. nice. You can do thumbs up, this and that. Well, it's the most basic hand tracking you can ever have. <laughs> so, for for yeah, for the for the like the thing is, they would only complain about. Oh, I found it really hard to uh, um, friend someone or do this. So they're on a different level. So even this hardware would do the trick for people. <laughs> would do the trick for people. Yeah. It's more yeah. about can I find my friends inside this environment? Can I connect I think- with them easily? I think for us that are in the VR bubble, you know, obviously we wouldn't be interested in a product like this, but for the casual consumer that just wants to connect and isn't maybe necessarily aware of what else is available in the market, they might pick something like this up. But personally speaking, you know, like obviously I wouldn't recommend the headset at all. I wouldn't suggest anyone goes out and buys one like I did just (laughs) because I was curious. Um, But I do think the XR Space Manova world does have some potential there. And I think it would be smart for them a bit like what Nathy kind of alluded to was that kind of like to ditch the hardware, don't worry about that, and just kind of focus on getting it either on Steam or on the Quest platform. So then you open it up to like a much wider audience and the hardware isn't necessarily your problem and is already established and works, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and and I would like to highlight that, you know, what Facebook Horizon is, is doing right now is not the same as what they are doing here because... This is this is everything in one. You know, you have your own home, you have your own garden, you have your own wardrobe, everything, yeah. and from there you can explore all these worlds. Facebook Horizon is just another VR chat, another rec room. Uh, well, rec room of course has you know you have your own dorm room and they exp- Well, Facebook Horizon isn't that. You know, it's not implemented within the system itself. You know, Oculus mm-hmm. Home is still a different instance than Facebook Horizon. Facebook Horizon is an app, is an application. So this just shows that everything, like the moment you jump in there, you're in your menu. That's the Oculus Home menu of the XR space, your living room. And Mike can just come in and sit on the couch with me and watch uh, some movies and then go somewhere, you know? As a kind of like casual hangout, it was kind of cool. And it reminded me of that Oculus Rooms feeling of just hanging out, you know, it obviously lacked the kind of casual board games and stuff that we enjoyed, but yeah. it had that kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bringing yeah. it to another platform would be smart for them. Um, but I should also mention as well, because like, you know, originally when we we talked about this months and months ago, um, Rowdy said, well, how are you going to do these like, uh, you know, uh, emotions? How are you going to convey these emotions in VR yeah. you know, with the hand tracking? Um, and, and because the hand tracking is poor, you do have to kind of press through a menu of like emotions so you can actually hug each mm. other and kiss each other, actually, which is kind of funny. Uh, we didn't try that. Um, but, uh, you <laughs> sure, can do all these kind sure. of, <laughs> you can he do wanted, kind he of, wanted to, he wanted right to here, do Mike. that. Mike was like, Hey, should, should we kiss? I'm like, he tried to expose me. No, it's true. He said that. So, um, so you've got all these different emotions, but you have to access them through a menu. Um, well, as soon as so, playing yeah. the video right now, we can... Yeah, and, that's, and that's how I did Gangnam Style, because I could stand next to the DJ and then dance. It was really funny. Um, but I, 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 th- I thought it was so awesome to be in there with Mike and just explore and be like, oh, what is this? Let's jump into the submarine. Where are we now? Oh, look, there's a shark here. And, oh, we can play this little game. And there were, like, things to explore everywhere we went, you know? Um, and... Yeah, it just really felt like like one big world where where you could spend time in. So, yeah, and they've got yeah. some interesting concepts for the future. You know, like having ret- retail locations in like, yeah. the town environment. So, for example, you could go in and buy a T-shirt, and then it would be physically delivered to your house, a bit like in Ready Player One. So they've kind of got these kind of high hopes for like a an oasis, but 
it's definitely not there yet. Like it's rough around the edges and the hardware is bad. I wouldn't recommend, just to reiterate, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> anyone many, buy how one. How many times are you going to say this? It's I almost wanna... impossible to buy it anyways because it is, you need to it be is. from Germany I just want to be Taiwan. clear. But uh, <laughs> it is nice. It is nice just to try out another standalone yeah. VR headset that is available yeah. in the market that isn't necessarily just from Oculus. And that's why I think we're also excited about HTC coming to the market again with a standalone yeah. headset. But it does seem like it's going to be for enterprise. But... Nevertheless, it was interesting to try something different. Yeah, software-wise, it does get close for sure. I mean, this this is this was not bad at all, and and yeah, as I said, very consumer-friendly, doing just one thing very well instead of trying to be everything at the same time. Yeah. For me, like, well, shame of the price. I, I, I wonder if um if there's a market here for I don't know if you guys know the the Doro phone. Like, there's a phone that's really dumbed down. So if you're Doro like. Phone. Yeah, if you're like, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, whatever, it's for people with like poor eyesight, like large buttons. Oh, on large buttons. Like you know, the like remotes as well. You have those ginormous remotes as well with the yeah. giant buttons. Yeah, on so yeah. it's a phone that's designed that's like super basic, almost no yeah. functionality in it, you know, no web browsing or anything like that. And I'm just thinking of like a headset that doesn't require a tethering to your mobile because right now all these mobile headsets appear to be that way. Um, <laughs> there's Mike That's how I'm going to do the podcast. For the, <laughs> for the audio listeners who are wondering, Mike's uh, camera ran out of battery a little bit earlier, and so right now we're uh, we're staring at Mike's uh, VR headset equivalent. <laughs> this is certainly a special uh, special version of the podcast. We had a question from the chat actually. It was uh, sure. user ID saying, uh, "Is this more like a, a second life world experience or a uh, web social worlds like active worlds?" Yeah, kind I, of like I'm not Second Life. With either of them. I, I, yeah. I think the problem is that they've only got 3,500 active users right now because, like I said, you know, the rollout was very small, only in Taiwan and in Germany. They sold out almost immediately. So, and they sent a lot out to like press and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I think it was like the Mail on Sunday in the UK gave it like five stars. I don't know why. <laughs> but, um, okay. so yeah, it's a very small user base right now. Um, but it has the potential to be like a Second Life, right? If the, If it was brought to a bigger platform i mean steam yeah. or quest yeah. 2 yeah true like the, the thing is as i said before i really believe in in someone creating a headset that is just doing the social part very very well um the, the concept is amazing and it works there, well and i yeah. think people want to buy something like this like there is another company doing something very similar and we touched on it um a few episodes back and it was the uni one yeah again oh, yeah. same concept yeah. built around a single social world um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they execute their vision of this because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting concept. So this is, nice. this is, but we could basically say this is, this is a non-gamer headset, the first one of its kind. And it's going to, yeah, yeah I think there, there is going to be one in the future that will sell well to consumers. I think it could yeah. be a hit. Yeah. I do think yeah. just one, um, one challenge on the, on the concept of them coming to another platform. So for example, if they decided to. Uh, double down and then focus on coming to let's say quest or steam whatever yeah but like yeah. i feel like they would end up getting outpaced by the platform owner well the, um, the thing is for for xr space they should be doing this to kind of save their own asses but if yeah. you have a if you have a really nice headset and you have a nice ecosystem then you should keep it exclusive and you're not going to share it with anyone else. But for them, yeah. they have to kind of branch out, especially if you now made this hardware and yeah. it's not so great. So it's it's only for them a, a solution. But in the yeah. future, you could just keep it exclusive. I mean, like, we have like, if you have an iPhone, you use Messenger, right? And if you use an Android, you use something else. 
it's kind of the same thing. So I, I don't think they should be doing that. Because if you have your player base, then you don't have to do that, right? I mean, Facebook Horizon is also not on, you know, Steam. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Facebook Spaces used to be on Steam too. I don't know why they did that, but... Um, you know, so I don't think that's going to be relevant in the future. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. the problem is that if they try and reiterate on the hardware, they'll have the same problem they have yeah, with this they, one. It it's... will be superseded so quickly by the competition who have infinite amount of money, which they don't have as this kind of small startup company. No. So it would be smarter for them just to focus on the software going yeah. forward. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It just seems to me like um, you'd still be better off uh taking alt space or rec room or if you're if you're brave vr chat you know to try to connect it just seems like a better more open environment at a lower price at the moment yeah and i think as well you've got to consider that when they brought this concept uh as an idea i think a lot of those weren't as established as they are now Absolutely. and that was you know the market really has accelerated very quickly over the past two years and they they wanted it obviously to be like on the wave of it when it became popular but they've almost like became too late yeah that's that's the problem yeah, yeah. the problem yeah, so that is, typically um, with these kind of apps is like you no know, what you have once the novelty like wears off a bit like uh it looks mm. visually interesting and it's nice to meet up with people but like i often miss like you know like a little bit like more the gaming aspect there that you could i don't know play something stupid like ping pong with each other or like do a chess game well, you, you like, can play i mean you can play you could play basketball in there you could play chess together um so, like so there were games game. in there mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and also some some headmaster kind of like uh type i of, saw yeah. that with the cannonballs <laughs> and stuff that yeah. was yeah. fun yeah yeah well, yeah. So, yeah i wonder if we me, were to nice. repaint this though like if i was to re if i was to recalibrate this i would probably design a world that Maybe the island or whatever, that environment was like a little bit smaller, but would be free roam. Uh, you wouldn't have the loading barriers, even if it had to be a lot simpler, because that's a really important thing for me. Like, and this this ability to connect, like I'd really dumb it down. I'd, I'd try to dumb it down as much as possible. I'd actually try to get rid of the tether to the phone, if possible, um, and, 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 and make it something that was... Yeah, kind of more all-in-one. Um, even the fact... You guys mentioned this app support. How does that work? You mentioned Angry Birds and stuff. So they have a store... Uh, is it yeah. Android-based or like... Yeah, it's Android-based, yeah. Okay. So they have a store in the headset. You can buy games. Yeah, but okay. those are Panke games. So you you can then... I, maybe You might be able to play them maybe in your um, in your living room on the big screen, no, no, maybe? No, they're, they're VR games. So oh, they like are Angry, VR games. Yeah, it's the, it's the it's Cloudlands and, and uh, Angry Birds VR. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. that kind of lends me to believe that you could get stuff from Itch and sideload it to the headset, for example, potentially. I don't know. Like, I could I could use Visor, which I use to capture the gameplay. Um, so obviously that, you yeah. know, sideloads to a certain degree yeah. onto the headset because it needs to install the app. So maybe it could use something like SideQuest, but I'd imagine SideQuest would have to adapt specifically to this headset. Yeah, and also the fact that it's only got a three-duff controller. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. Plenty of yeah. challenges there. So yeah, it's an interesting concept. I'm glad we got to try it out because yeah, not many definitely. people have tried this. For me, it'll end up being a relic. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure I'm going to open a museum in the future, a VR museum. You're all welcome yeah. to come. I'll let you guys come for free. Okay. Um, and uh, I can showcase all these like crazy weird headsets there. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that is it. Exospace Manova headset and virtual world. Yeah. So now... Uh, you can't see my face. Yeah, it's but... so weird. I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know about you guys, but this is a very strange. <laughs> very odd social I'm like, I'm now, like, suddenly I'm looking down at my table. I'm like, where's Mike? I don't know. Do you still have that pillow, Mike, that you can put in the oh, middle yeah, of yeah, the yeah. table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me grab it. Uh, 
Oh, oh, your, your pillow. You have I, pillow I, too. I don't actually have one. I gave them all away. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Like, Mike doesn't have his own because you could just put it at your hand up, um, put, put it your hand up Mike's face, and then just waggle it on screen every time he talks, and then we can actually I'll, look at that. Yeah, just from here on out. To the face I'll, hand, like I'll, this. I'll, so yeah, I'll talk like this. Go. So, this is my hand, and this is me talking. So, now we're going to hand it over to Zim for the latest releases this week. <laughs> <laughs> the best transition ever. That was awesome. All right, releases. I'm back in the seat, so let's uh, start off with something fun and and maybe unexpected. Um, all right. So uh, once upon a time, there was a game called Vector Velocity, and now another studio has come out with Velocity Vector. Well, what is this? Think about Trackmania. Some of you will know the 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 flat game uh, Trackmania, which is a a kind of a, a crowd racing game uh, where you're trying to get to the end uh, as quickly as possible. Now this has one of the most bizarre mechanics. I've seen in a game. It is bungee rope controls, okay? Bungee <laughs> rope controls on a frustrating drift hell racer, okay? I wanted to come back strong. Oh, this no. is Velocity Vector. Now for $15 or 12 pounds about, um, this dropped in the middle of the week on the 11th of March. And this is, this is mental. The vehicles also have no brakes. Uh, oh tracks have no checkpoints and you are always <laughs> drifting. The other thing is, you have three different vehicles. Uh, one is like a, like a pod racer. You have like a mech, like a micro mech that you can go, and then there's a third one, which I think is like a race car. Uh, but this whole thing is just completely bonkers. Like totally, totally nuts, um, dude. This looks amazing. Yeah. Like I, imagine this being like a like a, an online multiplayer where you can race against your friends. I don't know, man. This looks this looks great. And therein lies the sour ointment, right? Because unfortunately, the biggest downside is that it's a single player game. Yeah. yeah. But um, it looks nice. It actually has a kind of like yeah. a grapple tournament look to it. But having watched some gameplay, um, I would say uh, it, it 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 kind of it is. And I, 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 I coined it this way. It is a frustrating drift hell racer. Like, it is oh. going to piss you off because all every little interaction, you have to learn the, the course from end to end. Uh, so it's a bit like Trackmania that way. But if you like Trackmania and you don't mind restarting, then that's great. But yeah, no brakes. This freaking weird bungee system, which <laughs> looks like, like Windlands like crossed over with Wipeout. Very so it, strange. So instead of a steering wheel, you have to pull ropes and then control your vehicle. It's so bizarre. And again, I like talking about um, Steam user reviews. And, and I, I found this wonderful little snippet from user mm. Steam user Alan61333. On some parts of the track, it's like riding a bar of soap on a wet floor. <laughs> and on other parts, it's like flying a Zeppelin or a spaceship. It can also feel like riding a robotic donkey jumping over gaps in platforms. <laughs> wow. I mean, this game is special. I didn't want any of you to miss it. Again, 15 bucks, 12 pounds, velocity vector. Uh, if you're into, you know, bust your balls racers, then uh, check but that the one out. But the reviews are overall positive. It's, uh, it's, I'd say, four to five stars equivalent, you know, okay. on Steam. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, um, it's not getting negative, lots of negative reviews. Some people are saying there's a few, like, Visual bugs that that yeah. hitches that happen as you're as you're going, um, but this is their release. Well, um, I mean, you, you can say whatever you want, but we usually get another wave shooter where you have to shoot sheep, zombies, dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, sharks. In your case, you love sharks, sharks right? Love, love the sharks. Um, love but the sharks but this is unique. This is unique. This is something different we haven't seen before. So yeah. totally welcome. You just. It's uh, funny. Onikay's in the chat says, "Now this is pod racing." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, that's one of the one of the most disappointing pieces for people who are playing this game. As they've said, uh, this isn't the pod racer that I wanted. I have to say though that having just played Vox Machina a, a week or two ago, like seeing the mech that they've got, like hopping between platforms, it just it just does something to my brain. I do want to try this. I do want to try this mechanism and see what mm -hmm. that's like drifting around corners. So. Yeah. That is uh, Velocity Vector. Now, next up, a okay. little bit of a total different beast here. Uh, we've got a game that some of you may have already played. Uh, it's getting re-released on Quest now. It's called Flow Weaver. This is a Quest title. Uh, 20 bucks, 15 pounds, mm. roughly. Uh, this is from Stitch Media. And this is sitting somewhere between, like, Mist and The Room. Okay, so it's a multi-dimensional VR room escape title. Um, the puzzles are meant to be pretty punishing. There are, there, I've seen complaints of people saying, I wish I had more clues or tips or whatever. But, you know, hardcore puzzlers like Mike, I'm sure, will uh, turn up their nose at those uh, who, who don't like hard puzzle games. And uh, this one requires some lateral thinking. So those with, uh, you know, real an appetite for puzzlers, you should apply here. There's magic in the game, seven dimensions, and I won't say much more about it. Um, okay. You know, you're going to be solving puzzles in a pretty environment. People say that the this... graphical, you know, side of it, where you're in these castles and various um, arrangements, is very pretty. And this is now available on Quest. So this seems like one of those titles that could really like benefit from like hand tracking. Do you know if they have that implemented? It's not got hand tracking, no. Uh, but I agree with you, Rowdy, from the look of it, because yeah. because yeah. it's because it's that kind of puzzle game. It's relatively slow paced. It wouldn't be frustrating to be moving pieces around. Um, yeah. And actually, people were were comparing it to the room and saying it was less interactive than the room is, um, mm. and that was a little bit frustrating for some. So, well, okay, it's a VR game. Uh, Flow Weaver also, I should mention, was out on PC VR um, in the latter half of 2020. Is, so on Steam, if you want to is, buy is it, is this there. is this room skill? Because the trailer, the guy is only sitting on a chair all the time. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I did pick up, there were a couple trace comments about um, people rearranging their rooms, particularly for this game, but I didn't get the vibe from the trailers in the gameplay I that I watched. That it I, it's a standing experience as far as I know, what I've seen. Um, can't comment on that, sorry. Okay. Uh, Nathie, yeah, I can't confirm or deny. Okay. <laughs> so I like the look of this one, though. I like the look of this, I you know, being, you a, you being a puzzler fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the thing is, um, we don't really get enough of them. Like, if you're really, really into puzzles, then that's the way it is. Yeah, keep yeah. him, keep him waggling there uh, whenever he's commenting. All right, Nathan. That's, yeah. that's the, the, the chat is asking if you have a mirror that you can angle. <laughs> a mirror? No. <laughs> yeah, Just right. like set up an elaborate, a, elaborate array of mirrors. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I should have some juice near the end of the show, so I should be able to turn it back on again. Yeah, that's okay. all good. If you miss yeah. my beautiful face. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we're getting it. We're getting it. Nathan's keeping us nice and check with that. Yeah. So, um, All right. So a couple other mentions that I wanted to say for things that are coming out. And first off, you know, um, I, I ran across a recommendation on Steam and I'm not going to show this. I'm just going to say don't probably don't play this. But I like mentioning free things. And this is what caught my eye for you Steam users. So I apologize. But it, it was launched in, in December last year. It's called 2020 The Ride. And it looks just atrocious. So Steam users, that's your free uh, shout out for the week. Um, I do warn you though, don't. That's why I'm not showing it. <laughs> um, on the Oculus side, we have a couple of things that are landing uh, that are actually quite interesting. So Echo VR, uh, for those of you who still play Echo, is um, getting a free uh, battle pass. So you can actually unlock some pretty nifty looking armor, suits and stuff like that, like the chassis that you've got. Um, and this looks pretty neat. So it's it's kind of an upgrade system. Um, 
and it's got a bunch of rewards in this season. So you can actually customize your player. I think this is something that if you're a, a you know an esports uh, lad or lassie, this is really going to be interesting to you because actually the models that were running in the trailer look pretty slick. Uh, so this is running uh, during the, the the current season. That's the Echo VR. How, how long is this game around? And now they have a battle pass. Yeah. Why is this not? Why is this happening at this moment? It's a bit weird. Like I mean, it's coming after we've seen Solaris do that at the tail end of last year, for instance, gave you um, kind of additional yeah. enhanced cosmetic enhancements. But Obviously, I mean, Solaris just launched, right? They just they're new games. Yeah, and this is what people are saying. They're saying like, um, why not bring Echo Combat? Because like you know, oh, those yeah. who have played Echo Combat, it's a great like almost Team Fortress 2 style combat game. You can play it on PC right now, but you can't yeah. play it on Quest. So certainly I'm looking forward to that. But um, why they're doing it, I, I don't understand. I mean, the player base is huge, so there's a lot of uh, money to be made, but still now, um, yeah. Yeah, timing is bizarre, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, timing is strange. Bit of a Also, um, you mentioned that the, ba the Battle Pass is free. Um, there is a premium version uh, of the Battle Pass, uh, which is $10, and you unlock more stuff. Yeah. yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. Yeah. Additional cosmetics. That's actually kind of similar to the Pop 1 mechanism yeah. that they've rolled out recently, if you, yeah. are, if you know that game. So the last thing, and obviously the best news, uh, I think, that we have today to share with you uh, has to be that, um, like Nathie was hinting at earlier, we have an enormous number of titles that have all of a sudden gotten through the gates, landed on App Lab, and our recent favorite, Game of the Year, it, Gorilla Tag, is now available. So for those of you who can't be arsed with sideloading and all that, now you can monkey around and get in there with App Lab. The easiest way that I personally think to get in there is applab.games. That's a URL. So just type applab.games into your browser, scroll down, and you'll see a bunch of other games as well in addition to Gorilla Tag. Uh, Gorilla Tag is a great fun multiplayer game where you're hopping around trees and basically playing tag like you did back in, in school. Um, and the other games that I would recommend just from this week, things that, uh, that, that are interesting in there, there's a kind of a, a survival on a raft game called um, Oceancraft. There's Gun Raiders, uh, Guardians VR, and V Speedway Alpha. Like I was get tickling your uh, fancy potentially earlier with, um, with that other racing game. And I, I think V Speedway Alpha is a pretty cool um, implementation on Quest. I've side-quested that myself before, um, and I would recommend trying that out. But... Well, Finally, we're seeing stuff coming well, from, uh, they, from they, App Lab, you know, down onto the headset now. I know, and and it's 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 they're allowing a lot. It, it's like it's almost now trying to outpace SideQuest already with this start. It's going faster and faster. It's gonna be a while before that happens, but I mean, you can see that they want App Lab games to be the main thing to go to if you want to try something experimental. Exactly. And I think that the side, the folks at SideQuest and the other websites out there that are currently featuring this have a challenge because right now we're starting to see, you know, stuff is going to start to get lost in the mess, right? You got more than 50 App Lab games now on there. So you're going to want to filter, look for puzzle games, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to filtration coming and also you know being able to easily identify what's new because right now it all just gets kind of thrown in there based on reviews mm. yeah yeah so, apparently so um Go apparently gorilla tag had over a thousand concurrent users recently which is awesome wow yeah. yeah. No, I saw it. I saw it actually, and it's going. It's going to go insane with this. Like, I, I am actually worried for Lemming. Whatever the serving costs are for that game, <laughs> like that, that is centrally serviced at the moment. He's not charging for it. He's going to have to, and I hope he does. I hope he charges a fiver or something for it because it absolutely deserves the money. Um, Definitely. 
he I, said actually that one of the because he obviously never he never anticipated that it was going to blow up like it did. Uh, he said one of the biggest mistakes he made was not putting in some sort of payment process just for people to donate to the cause. Even if, you know, they just enjoyed the game, donated a couple of pounds, it would help his server costs and development mm. fees. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he implements that soon this, because this I'm game, sure plenty of people want to support him. This game needs to be official. This game needs to be on the front page of the store. I want it. I mean, yeah. this is the mid-step, but the final step is, uh, you know, being next to Population 1 as a suggested game. I absolutely want to see it too, Nathan. I do, because I think it just makes a lot of sense. So recap on those games, just to wind us up. Velocity Vector was the racing one. Flow Weaver was the puzzle one. Uh, we had Echo VR with the new Battle Pass and Gorilla Tag on on, on the yeah. App Lab. So uh, go check out, <laughs> Who knew? again, applab.games. <laughs> for a whole bunch of new things to toy around do, with on your quest. Do you guys think that, uh, I mean, this is hard to predict, of course, but let's say in a, in a year from now, will, mm. of course, there are still people who are going to use side quests, but will most, let's say, new consumers still know that that's a thing? Because if, you, again, like if you see how fast games are getting approved now, mm -hmm. you know, there will be a moment where just they have almost everything on the store as well. Of course, side quests, will always have a few that are not going to make it on there. But is it enough to make people, uh, you know, go to their platform instead? That's that's what I start to wonder. Definitely uh, Virtual Desktop was a big blow for them. You know, yeah, losing true. that exclusivity to yeah. SideQuest was a big blow for them. It was a big one, yeah. But, you know, with the Dr. Beef mods and stuff like that, I'm sure there'll still be yeah. people, and Beat Saber mods, I'm sure there'll be still people using SideQuest Yeah, I think indeed, like, exactly like Mike, like what you bring up, I think that the Mono community will always have... Uh, a huge advantage using side quests or like i mean they're, they're both smart people i it's, think if they uh, if they continue to innovate and try to like you know stay ahead of the game then i think i see a lot of potential still for side quests the, re the reason why it matters still in my opinion is there's no gate there's no well there's very very little gate right apps like slr aren't allowed on there right anymore but there's there's almost no gate between the developer and releasing that content. Yeah. Whereas having to submit it to Oculus, wait the time, get it through the QA, you know, out on True. App Lab, but there's still, still sales, a sufficient process. Sales-wise, it's it's a big benefit for devs yeah. to be on there, even yeah. even if they have to wait it out. It's just that I, I feel like they are now de decreasing this urge of having to wanting more from another third-party website you know because yeah. there's so much to play at some point the consumer will not even think about because first we had the quest and we only had its library and then we had side quest and you you had to use side quest as an almost an extension of your library because oculus didn't have enough content to offer you but with this whole app lab thing it now goes so fast that you get like three four games a week now new games yeah. Yeah. i think but it, it, it might it's, be, it's down to it developers you know, like uh, it's like when we had Shane on the show, yeah. developers will have to make the choice, you know, do they go for SideQuest yeah. and take the payment through itch.io and, and get like 90 to 100 percent of the revenue? Yeah, the difference is huge. I mean, the, 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 the Oculus platform huge. outpaces everyone else. There is there is no option there. It, it sounds mm. like an option, but there is no option. Well, but it, just, it might just be to a clarify, good... it's it's 70 percent they take on Oculus platform. Oculus take 30% of the, the You can blame revenue. Apple for that. You remember when they launched their app store and they're like 70-30 split? Standard on Steam as well Standard. and PSVR. Go on, it, it might be a good idea just for developers to like maybe test their concept already. Like if they have like one level or they have something ready or something done, 
to test that concept already on SideQuest to see like how users there like it before they start, you know, investing more money into bringing it fully to uh, to the yeah. app store. Uh, so yeah. I think there's always ways for SideQuest to like, you know, to, to keep alive as long as they, you know, they, they stay in contact with those developers and bring in those kind of concepts. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, as a, as a sort of rapid prototyping platform, it's yeah. great for that. You know, you're getting community feedback, which is invaluable. And previously, yeah. a lot of developers would pay money for that sort of feedback. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great for that as well. You, I do agree. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, okay. So I think what we'll do is because we're running a little bit early, or should I say, normally on time, because we you sure you want to <laughs> yeah. you sure you want to do this with time. your battery? I'm just, I'm just well, I'm I'm praying. Well. <laughs> but I just wonder if you've got any questions for us. Maybe now we can answer just a couple of questions before we wrap up the show. So I'll reiterate the show times. Just a reminder: it's a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. And if you've enjoyed the stream this week. Hit that like button and subscribe to the channel for all our future VR podcasts. So uh, let's go. There were some questions in the chat. Uh, one that I picked up on earlier, something about asking about the X40 uh, haptic vest from B Haptics. Do we think it's worth it? Uh, it's kind of one of those toys that, you know, it's nice to have. It's super expensive, though, for what it is. You know, it's like, what, 500 bucks for the X40, 300 bucks for the X16. So they are coming down in price, which is great to see. But it is kind of still one of those things that you can't use in every VR game. You have to wait for developer support to really get the most out of it. And sometimes that developer support only comes to in the form of mods, like in Population 1, for example, which I thought was awesome with the vest. But sadly, we have to rely on like devs like Big Box to implement it natively, which isn't coming yet. But I'm sure that will change over time. Yeah, oh, there's some beautiful we had a question beautiful asking: here, uh, yeah. Does AppLab allow developers to sell keys on their own, bypassing the thirty percent fee? There was a lot. There was a lot of um, uh, confusion around this, and I'm still pretty confused about it because um, initially there was sort of uh, rumors saying that they could sell off the platform, and then mm-hmm. in the Oculus policy, it directly conflicted with itself, saying they couldn't. And I can't remember what the final outcome was, unfortunately, to say. So apologies, I don't have an answer for that. Well, that, that. That was a part of the plan that you just don't know anymore what the real answer was. What what is re- what is real? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I find it surprising though part that the you plan. would be able to bypass the thirty percent fee, but as soon as you get to the official store, then you need to pay a thirty percent fee. <laughs> would be weird, no? It would be weird. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah. what were some other questions they had? Um, Let's see. That's it. <laughs> people saying Where that I should use sign language yeah and Mike also knows, someone, yeah. someone a good suggestion from the chat 1976 battle to midway is also on app lab which is looks pretty cool that was the one where the oh. planes kind of come in I've played through it. VR I've played it it's it's okay, um, okay. I, I'd say it's it's one of those things that um, concept conceptually is better than playing it mm, but yeah. it's worth trying I don't think you would spend more than half an hour with it though uh, before so, counting yeah go ahead no, that's so, all. I... so there was two questions. There was, will any of you host the VR chat show in Rec Room? Um, VR chat show. I don't know. Is that a separate podcast? I'm not sure. But we've toyed with the idea VR of doing show. like this this podcast in another sort of medium, format. whether yeah. it be VR oh, format. Yeah. Um, we could try that in the future. Like it would be kind of interesting if we did all get face trackers and, and body trackers. Yeah. And I'm not getting did, like <laughs> did a full like show. Um, yeah, I remember you know. about two years ago. We're like, oh yeah, let's all get green screens. 
Uh, and we'll, uh, oh yeah, that was we'll a bad do, idea. Dust oh. thing. It was, ah, it was, it was just fun. Um, but it led me down the route of getting two green screens. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and a green spandex suit too, sadly. Uh, well, that was not your guys' fault. That was my wife's oh, fault. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Question with from our Jeff. Fault, you bought two of them? I, I, no, you I just mean it, entire... oh, it okay. led me on to green screens, which is a horrible plague. <laughs> that's what you creator, told your wife. You know. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. They it, do a, an XL version now, a huge version that you can mount on the ceiling and pull down. Excellent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, I don't know I what it's called. That. That's but cool. it's, a, it's a big, like, Elgato green screen thing. Okay. That's um, cool. Jeffrey Goodman, uh, long supporter of the show, <laughs> asks, can he get a Mike Pillow 3D model to use in VRChat? What? Possibly. I, was like, I, I, could pro- <laughs> I could probably arrange that if you if you really want it. <laughs> like, I could probably make that happen. I'm, I'm promising you, Mike, I'm still going to sell your face on eBay. I am going to sell that pillow, and I'm just going to make bank with it, you know? Do it. He didn't sign it, sadly. That's I didn't. I didn't even keep one for myself, sadly. I should. I should have done. <laughs> My yeah. mind is always on the staircase, so when I go down or up, I always see Mike's face first. It's he gives me wild. a high five every time he goes up and down the stairs. Mine's in the yeah, attic. That kind of freaks me out. Yeah, yeah that's the only way. <laughs> high five in the face. <laughs> anyway, right. We should wrap up the show now. Then, uh, <laughs> thank good. you for joining in this. Wish- Thank you for joining us this week. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you to the audio listeners as well. We really appreciate you all. And of course, we'll be back with more VR news next week. And hopefully I get to try out the Vive trackers and the facial tracker this week. So give you our thoughts on that. Yeah, Yeah, very good. So until then, have a great week in VR. And bye-bye for now.